If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and Key Stage 1 education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Hello, I'm Andy Burt and welcome to episode 41 of the Early Excellence Podcast. This week, we get to grips with a really fascinating aspect of children's play. We're going to be thinking all about and exploring schemas. Now, as part of the episode, we're going to think carefully about the importance of those those predictable and repetitive aspects of children's play. And we're also going to explore how valuable they can be for children's learning. So here's my colleague, Luella Ivans, with a recorded piece to really get you thinking. So this week, we're going to talk all about schemas, or as it's also known, schematic play. Now, it's often toddlers who go through these schemas or engage in schematic play. I think because of the impact of the pandemic and with perhaps having children into your classes this year and last year who perhaps hadn't had those early experiences that other children had had in the past due to the pandemic, there are lots of children who are going through schematic play at a slightly um, older age range to what is usually typical. So teachers might be encountering and you might be have encountered different types of schematic play within your classrooms or your settings. So today we're going to talk about what schematic play is and how we can best support children who are going through particular schemas so that we can ensure that we're not seeing schematic play as a repetitive behaviour that is disruptive or as a repetitive behaviour that perhaps is children that aren't focused. So we're not seeing it as a deficit, really, but we're seeing it as something that we can support children with. So what schematic play is, is it's when children engage in the same repeated patterns of behaviour over and over again. And that's as they're kind of exploring an idea or something that really interests them. And children might return to the same activities, concepts or even fascinations every single day. And those repeated patterns of play are known as schemas. Now, sometimes that can present itself in the classroom as children who are perhaps not interested in certain parts of the provision. Or it might look like children who are reluctant to engage in perhaps an adult directed activity Or these might be those children who just don't yet seem quite ready to um, access some of the learning um, that you're expecting of them. So sometimes it can appear that those children maybe don't want to do those things or they are choosing to return to the same activities time and time again. And I think sometimes we can feel it as at a bit of a loss as to how to really support those children and how to actually move their learning and development forward. And I think the first point I want to make really is that it's important that we acknowledge schematic play as a type of play and learning in its own right. It's something that children need to be able to go through. And it might be those constant repeated behaviours such as moving things from one place to another or putting things into bags or containers and moving them around 
Or it might even be children that appear to just be emptying things out or throwing things around. Actually, those children are engaging in schematic play and we need to be able to support them through that schema. OK, so let's explore the idea of schematic play and what it is. Well, schematic play is a natural process. It's something that nearly all children will go through at some point when they're really trying to kind of figure the world out around them. And what children are doing when they're engaging in schematic play is they're devising mental models. They're developing their own processes to find really efficient ways to complete tasks or to achieve their own personal goals. And of course, those mental models are only going to develop further over time with more and more practice. Now, even for us as adults, schemas help us. Think about when we're faced with new challenges. We revert back to previous mental models. We kind of use them as a springboard to really support our thinking. So for us as adults, it was important that we went through that schematic play process as a child in order to carve out mental models that then support us as adults. So it's an important process that we definitely need to acknowledge and we need to think about our role in supporting children to move through those schemas. So there are many different types of schemas. And when you do your research into schemas, you'll find that there's lots of different types. Um, but we are going today to focus on the six main types of schemas. So we're going to look at what those schemas are and how we can support children with those schemas. So the first schema we're going to look at is transporting, the transporting schema. And this is where children will enjoy repeatedly moving resources or perhaps themselves from one place to another. So you might see this in your setting where children are filling up bags with lots of loose parts and moving them from one place to another. It might be those children who grab shopping baskets and use all the food in the domestic role play to fill up their shopping basket and they might take it to another part of your provision and empty it out. So they go through the process of filling up bags, containers, um, baskets, perhaps with lots of different types of objects and then moving them to another place and tipping them out. So we want to support them with that transporting schema. So you could do that by providing things that children can use to contain other objects. So shopping baskets, bags, boxes, little pots and containers, jugs things that children can fill and empty and then obviously they're going to need things they can put inside as well smaller objects things like small blocks or loose parts or fruit and veg from the domestic role play think about children who are engaging in that transporting schema outside as well so you could provide things like wheelbarrows or sack trucks so that children can fill the wheelbarrow and move it from one part of the outdoor area to the other and empty it out again. Or they can pick up the crates with the sack truck and take them from one part of the playground to the other. So think about things that can support children to pick up, move along and put things down again. So that's the transporting schema. The second schema we're going to look at is the connecting schema. 
So these children enjoy investigating how materials can be linked and their relationship to one another. So they will enjoy connecting things together or tying things together, perhaps. So think about providing different types of rope or different types of material that children can tie things together with. Think about in your outdoor play, you might want to provide pipes and guttering so that children can connect pipes and guttering and crates and pots together with their water play to think really creatively, but also to go through that connecting schema. You might even want to think about adding creative resources to your provision. So think about things that children can connect in your creative area. So things like staplers to connect bits of paper together. Um, little cable ties or treasury tags are really useful as well to connect things together. Think about providing scissors and glue as well. So connecting might also come in the form of um, connecting strips of paper together. So children will need to go through those processes. So think about those types of connecting resources that you can provide. The third schema we're going to look at is the rotational schema. So this is where children might show a preference for things like turning taps on and off or winding and then unwinding pieces of string. They might really enjoy the physical experience as well of just twisting and turning. You know, those children that like to roll down hills. They're enjoying the motion, that, that the way that things rotate and turn. So for children that are going through this type of schema, you might want to provide things like trolleys, tires and wheelbarrows, things that turn around and round because they'll enjoy the fascination of the rotating wheels. So with that, you might want to provide some bikes and trikes as well. Think about other things um, where children can wind and unwind themselves, perhaps. So playing parachute games or circle games with groups of children will really support the rotational schema as well. OK, so the fourth schema we'll look at is the trajectory schema. Now, this is a really interesting one, and you probably will see this a lot in your classrooms because children that are involved in the trajectory schema show a keen interest in the horizontal, vertical and diagonal movement of things and themselves. So these are your children who may enjoy lining objects up, you know, creating rows of different zoo animals or creating towers upon towers of wooden blocks. They might be the children that use all of the buttons and they create a big snake right around your classroom. And they really enjoy creating rows or creating towers, or they might enjoy the diagonal movement of things as well. So you can support the trajectory schema by providing things like blocks and crates for children to stack, knock down and then rebuild. You might also want to think about things like large planks. Planks are great for making ramps and rolling objects down. So children will really enjoy seeing how things move along the horizontal and the vertical and the diagonal as well. So the outdoors is a great space for children who are going through that trajectory schema. 
And the fifth schema we're going to look at has two names, really. You might hear it called the enclosing schema, or you might hear it called the enveloping schema. Now, this is where children are particularly interested in wrapping themselves up or perhaps covering things in your classroom or hiding things. You know, when you open a box in your classroom and all these different things are underneath the lid, there'll be children who are interested in getting into boxes themselves or putting things inside boxes and putting the lid on top. And they might be deeply involved in exploring how they and, and other items could be inside other objects. So for children going through this enveloping or enclosing schema, you're going to want to think about providing materials and equipment that can support them with wrapping things up or wrapping themselves up. So dressing up clothes is a great place to start. Think about blankets, different pieces of fabric, making sure those pieces of fabric are big enough that children could wrap themselves in if they wanted to. Boxes, barrels and tunnels are also great for getting in and hiding in. You might even want to think about den building as well. Den building is fantastic for children who are going through the enveloping or enclosing schema because they'll spend a long time really creating a den that they want to get inside and then they'll spend some time hiding inside that as well. So think about things that children can cover themselves up with, make dens with, but also where they can put other smaller objects, perhaps into boxes or into um, cases or into chests, things like that. Okay, so the final schema we're going to look at today is the transforming schema. The transforming schema often crops up um, when children start to be interested in things like malleable play, um, water play, sand play, play-doh, those sorts of things. And these children are really fascinated by how materials begin to change their state. So they'll enjoy things like mixing substances together. They'll enjoy mixing paint. They'll enjoy the experience of mixing powder paint with the rain outside. So things like changes in the seasons will really offer these children opportunities to experience rain, freezing conditions and melting ice. And you might want to think about the materials that you can provide alongside those things as well. So as I mentioned, having powder paints outside for children to see what happens when you put some powder paint into the snow, for example. You might also want to offer materials like sand, mud and soil for mixing and discovering how materials change consistency when wet or dry, perhaps. So... There are six main schemas and some kind of quick fire ways to support children who are working through those schemas. But what I would say is, remember, if you're feeling anxious or a bit frustrated, perhaps that your children are not yet choosing to engage in specific planned activities or adult directed activities, what I would say is just stand back and observe. Just watch them at play. And as they're playing, are those children engaging in repeated patterns of play? Are they engaging in that 
connecting schema, joining things together time and time again. Is that why they keep returning to your creative area, perhaps to staple bits of paper together, to glue things together? Are they going back to your block area to line things up, to go through that trajectory schema? Are they interested in the horizontal, the vertical and the diagonal movement of things? Just stand back and watch. If you think they're engaging in those repeated patterns of play, then which schema is it? What might those schemas be? And once you've acknowledged that and you recognise that, then you can look to support that play. And that will really give the children exactly what they need to be able to make those repeated mental models in their mind and to be able to move forward with their learning. So once you recognise what those schemas might be, then you'll want to consider how you can best plan to support those schemas. So which resources do you need to provide in your continuous provision? Do you need to enhance your provision for some of these children? And what might those enhancements be? And do those children need any adult support? And what might that adult support be? So some key questions now for you to consider. Are your children at the point in their developmental journey where they're engaging in schematic play? If so, what schemas are there? Do your continuous provision resources support that schematic play? If not, is there anything you can do to ensure that your continuous provision is suitable for those children? Do your team understand schematic play and know how best to support children with it? And how can you embrace schematic play as part of your practice, recognising that it's a process that children need to go through and that it's not a type of behaviour that um, children are doing deliberately um, or perhaps are being defiant. It's actually something children need to go through as part of their developmental journey. Thank you very much Luella and thank you to you people out there for listening. Um, of course the funny thing about schematic play is that once you notice children's schematic play, once you notice those repeated actions and patterns in their play, it's really quite tricky to stop noticing it. We notice it in our indoor spaces, we notice it outdoors, we notice those repeated patterns, sometimes in a variety of different contexts. Um, we notice the children exploring kind of similar movements, but in a, in a wide variety of different contexts. And it can be incredibly interesting. It also, I think, helps us to really meet the needs of our children by building on those interests by knowing which materials and which resources will will absolutely fit into that that repetitive pattern of their play what they will find interesting what they will find fascinating what they'll want to return to so i think it really helps us to to plan and enhance effectively 
Now, if you want to know more about schematic play, if you want to look at it in more depth, we have a great webinar that I think you'll find really interesting. It's called Let's Explore Schemas. And it's a webinar that you can watch and that you can explore in real depth that schematic play and think really carefully about your practice. If you want to know more, more information about it, there we will put information in the podcast info for you so that you can just click on the link and find out all about it. Okay, that's about all we've got time for for this week. I hope you found I hope you found the episode useful. I hope it's got you thinking about schematic play. As usual, if you want to get in touch, please do. Uh, my email address is andy at earlyexcellence.com. Andy at earlyexcellence.com. It would be great to hear from you. And uh, and yeah, have a good week, everybody, and we will see you next week. <laughs>